0: Yeah, so this is not what I expected coming back here on Sunday. We had a great mission trip, good to be home, but strange to be home during church time. Um, maybe you have the same feeling, not all bad, actually, waking up a little bit later, um, not doing all the setup, but not having a chance to see each other and be face-to-face, that definitely um, is a little bit of a loss, right? It's a, It hurts a little. Um, Especially in this season with all that's going on. And so uh, I want to say welcome to our live stream. And I'm thankful, as I said in the email, I'm thankful for the chance to be able to gather like this. And so I'd like to be able to uh, worship together as well as we can. Hopefully you had a chance to listen through some of those, uh, those music videos. Watch those videos and just get your heart prepared for what God has for us. But let me open us with prayer now and and just ask God to use this time together. Can we pray together? Father, it's been a strange week um, or so on top of a strange six, seven, eight months. And so uh, we have lots of questions. There's lots of things we don't understand. And yet we... we think about you sitting on the throne of heaven and there's hope and there's peace. And so I just pray that, Lord, as we gather to to look at your word, uh, to be encouraged by your spirit, that that's exactly what will happen. And that even though we can't be face-to-face, uh, shaking hands, uh, sharing hugs, looking each other in the eye, Lord, we can still gather around who you are and who you've called us and made us to be as a result of that. So thank you for this time, Father. I pray that you will anoint it and by your spirit encourage your bride and our piece of that at DBICC. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, let me just talk through a couple of details. Um, and there's so many questions out there these days. So let me see if I can... Uh, Just get a couple of details out there. So we are planning to have our concert of prayer this coming Saturday, the 8th of February. So at the church office from 7 to 9, we'll gather and uh, we'll pray. And uh, man, if there was ever a time that we need to do this, it's now. And so don't worry, we'll have hand sanitizer. You can bring a mask if you would like. We're not going to greet each other with a holy kiss. So, So we should be okay getting together to pray uh, concert of prayer this coming Saturday. Um, but yeah, we don't have to wait until Saturday to pray. I w- in fact, I want to encourage all of us, uh, just to be praying. Um, not just, you know, for our church, which we want to do, but for this whole situation. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. But yeah, for our church, this is a strange season. So we were, uh, beginning to prepare to select our elders. We have our AGM in April scheduled. And so please pray for wisdom for our church as we still need to think about how do we select our elders for next year, and then how do we have our, our uh, AGM, just that God would guide us. It would have wisdom and how to take those steps. Um, so other things, just you know, random questions like, are we having badminton um, this week? Go to the website, and we're going to try to have all the details at dbicc.org. So please go there, and you can find out more. Um, also, you know, where are we going to meet? Are we going to do a live stream again next Sunday? We're we going to find a venue where we can meet. Uh, all these questions are the ones that are pressing for us. Hopefully, Monday, Tuesday, this next week, we'll be able to nail down the details and have that on the website as well. Um, and you can look for an email to update what the plan will be. You know, next Sunday we were supposed to start our focus series and the life groups that would go with that. Um, but we'll give you an update and let you know what the plan is. We may still be able to do that, and we'll see what God has for us. Uh, if you're in a life group now, maybe the Saturday morning life group for men, they went ahead and met yesterday. I heard it was a great meeting, and um, some of the other groups are still going to be gathering. But get with your leader, um, or again, check the website, and we'll see if we have the, uh, uh, the information hopefully there for you. Also, um, I just want to encourage you to be creative. Um, you know I 'm so thankful you know Trevor Smith, we were on the mission trip this last week, and um, I think it was on Monday, either Sunday or Monday of last week. He was telling me hey this this looks crazy, and it reminds me of whenever there was a typhoon at another church and they did a live stream of church um, just over the internet, and the people could log into I think it was Facebook live and so he planted the seed of that thought you know over a week ago, so that helped me have a chance to begin to think about, okay, how would this go?" Um, so I'm thankful that we have these options and for uh, people who've been creative in the past, and we're going to look to be creative as well on this to say, okay, how do we continue to be a church? How do we continue to love God and love each other, encourage each other, walk the path together um, in these unusual days? So let's be creative, even for your life groups. Maybe there's a way that you can gather. Uh, Pete Wong was talking about the extreme uh, young people getting together over a Google uh, chat room or something like that. And so and there's lots of options these days. You know, In, in a global uh, market, people have all kinds of ways to gather uh, conference calls, video conference calls, and so on. Maybe we can use some of those tools and not just say, oh, well, we can't meet. Let's say, hey, let's find a way. Let's figure it out. Also, I got a note from our treasurer. Our treasurer is losing sleep because he's worried that the church is uh, going to not be able to make it financially so, so if you would please don't forget that uh you know we still have bills to pay and obligations and so on so uh if you've fallen behind in january or whatever or if you're not you normally you give um in the services maybe there's another way you could uh, continue to give to god's work at dbicc um obviously our web page has information on this uh you could make a transfer um The post is closed, right? So you can't mail a check. Um, But Ev said, well you can just send a FedEx or DHL. (laughs) So actually Ev said you can just hand deliver it to her house. She'd be happy to take it that way. So yeah, there's some people that are worried. Interestingly, this Sunday I was planning to preach a sermon called Funny About Money. Um, But obviously with all this going on, this isn't the right day for that message. We'll save that for another day. Um, But I'm not worried. Uh, I know God will provide, but I want to encourage you uh, to continue to remember um, giving to God's work and uh, uh, continuing to contribute to DBICC um, as God leads you with a cheerful heart, worshiping God in that way. Okay, let me uh, give a couple of things about our mission trip. Um, Man, we we had an amazing time with ICM down in Cebu. Oh my goodness, the... um, and the things that we got to see, let me just show a few pictures here uh, to give you an idea of what we got to experience. So here's a group picture that we got to, uh, you know, we got to have the last day with the people that we were working with. You can see our group in the background. That green box in the background is the comfort room, they call it. It's a toilet. And the, the guy on the top left is the dad. His wife... Uh, Mirna is, uh, toward the bottom right, not the older lady, but just beside her down lower, uh, is Mirna. She's actually, uh, the pastor of that local congregation. So that's the, 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 husband and the wife and their family that will be using that comfort room. So just really an amazing opportunity to be able to be there on the ground. I wanted to show a few more pictures of some excitement, some excitement that happened. So, Uh, Here we are digging another one of those comfort rooms. So we did two of these while we were there. Um, Here's another picture of uh, Ellie and Liz. They're cutting rebar for the floor of the toilet. So got the old hacksaw and uh, metal bars. So yeah, you can see in the background here, this is the brick for the wall. And it's all broken. You can see the burnt... um, uh, the burnt tin roof because they had a fire just recently that went through the whole village. Actually, about half the village, I should say. Uh, one couple had a fight, and somehow fire got started, and 50 families basically uh, were uh, forced out of their homes, their homes burned. So that's really difficult. Um, and so we came into that situation, you know, trying to encourage these people. They've been building back, but oh wow, it's just a really devastating time for them uh here's mark. he's driving some nails into uh the base of the comfort room there um Another chance we had was to teach some people about um some of the i c m principles they're trying they have this transform program it's called and so they they teach people about saving money and hygiene and god and so just really amazing um work happening and so we got to be a little bit of a uh participant in that in that process. Uh, here's here's my wife uh, giving some snacks to some of the kids and uh, just, just loving on them, right? Just giving them, by the way, that snack is like some kind of a rice, hot rice thing. I don't know that most people would like that, but these kids were excited to get that. Um, we also had a chance to meet with some pastors and to encourage them. These guys are not paid by ICM, but they are part of the work. In fact, they're the ones... Through whom ICM connects with these communities, and so they find a local pastor. And they say, "Hey, can we come in and help your community?" And so they're a key part in this in this uh, relationship of ICM helping these people that are in these poverty situations. And so these guys are not wealthy; they're poor, and they're on the front lines of poverty and helping people out there. Uh, the last night we got to have a little bit of fun, so here's us in a jeepney. <laughs> So we were able to all pile into one jeepney and uh, take a little ride. So uh, a little bit of fun there as well. But I, I was able to get a few comments from some of our some of our participants. Here's a uh, here's a little bit from Danica. Danica said this: "What an experience! We all took a big step outside our comfort zones during this trip. It's true. It was a time shocking to see how little these people have." and yet inspiring to see how happy they can be and how strong their sense of community. It felt good to leave behind something practical and needed. It also felt good to build something with our hands. We worked hard to build the toilets, but also had plenty of time to play with the many children or talk quietly with one of the women or even play some basketball. ICM made it easy to go in and do some good work. ICM looked after every detail and gave us enough information to feel prepared for whatever we were doing next. Harin, Dolly, and Rebecca were always positive and encouraging and helpful. We really enjoyed our time with them. We can see that they are making a meaningful difference in these communities. Thank you, Danica. Here's one from Trevor. So here's a picture of Trevor. Again, you can see the ruins of the of the hut um, that was burned. In the background is a green. A new construction, <laughs> a new one of the houses, and by the way, that is a house. so that's where a family lives. That's not a, um, a a playground or a clubhouse. that's their home. that green box in the background and so but here's Trevor, he's teaching this little guy how to juggle and so uh pretty fun, pretty fun. Here's Trevor. He had a couple things to say. Uh, he and Liz. It was a privilege for us to represent Jesus and DBICC by reaching out to the needy areas of Cebu and being part of a dynamic team. Young and old, we all had something to offer to the local fire-ravaged community in terms of prayers, getting our hands dirty to build toilets, practical teaching, and encouraging the community at large. We were in tears at times as we connected with those impacted so severely by the fire, but at the same time we witnessed an amazing resilience and cheerfulness. We were in the safe hands of the Organizers International Care Ministries, whose military-like organization helped us to outreach to churches, communities, and others in need. Being able to pray with the local pastors on the front line of evangelism was humbling. We made an impact by simply being there in the first place. Having witnessed real poverty firsthand, we realized how blessed we are. We are glad we went and hope You can come, too, next time. I like that. Hopefully uh, you can make it on our next trip. Uh, Here's Sarah Walker. Uh, Man, just um, a super hard worker. Obviously, there she is painting away on one of the comfort rooms. Um, So uh, Sarah had this to say. It was encouraging to see the impact that ICM is having in the Philippines and to see villages breaking free of the cycle of poverty and hopelessness. I found it particularly heartbreaking to witness the avid interest the village mothers took during lessons on basic concepts of hygiene, financial saving, and child education, knowledge that we take for granted. The specific village that we worked with had just survived a fire that wiped out their homes, their community store initiative, and the precious box of savings that they had accumulated 10 pesos at a time. It was heartwarming to see the excitement and smiles brought on by simply being present, to play with the kids, and to listen to the parents. The toilets got built by our great team of workers and are greatly appreciated. Thank you for your prayer support during the trip. Please continue to lift pastors Albert and Myrna in prayer as they shepherd their little community, visibly leading by faith and putting their trust in the Lord. Uh, The last day that we were there, Um, They gave us this little thank you poster and um, this thank you obviously listed the people who came on the trip but the reality is it's for you as well and so if you if you give to DBICC uh, if you gave to the GO project that helped uh, to fund the, the expenses of this trip you're part of this because uh, the money that helped us go and paid the fees and so on for ICM's work, um, it came from you. Through you know God's provision, we were able to help these people. So this thank you also goes to you as well. So we are thankful that you sent us. We had a chance to represent you, and we do want to pray for that that community now. In fact, let's do that. Father, I thank you for the chance for us to meet these amazing people there in Cebu. Thank you for... Uh, Lord, just a wake-up call to see what else is out there. And when we have a chance to see how other people live, it's very humbling, and we we complain a little bit less. And so, Father, I pray for Myrna today as they have some kind of gathering, their church right now, and for Albert and for their family as their lights in that community. So please bless them. I pray that you'll uh, help them most of all to know you in, uh, in a new way. Help their community to see you in them. Lord, we pray for light to win over darkness. We pray for protection from the evil one and his influences in their lives, the lives of their children, the lives of believers who are seeking to follow after you. Lord, we pray for your protection and your power in the lives of these pastors. Lord, we pray for an awakening to begin in a very unlikely place. Lord, you said whenever we are weak, you're strong. And so we pray for you to be strong in the lives of these people in Cebu. And thank you for the chance that we've had to have a very small part in your story in their lives, we pray this all in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, uh, so we're in a unusual situation with this virus, obviously, and every day we're checking the news to see how many cases now, um, how many have passed away, and it's just—it's surreal, isn't it? And you know, I think about you know people making comparisons of you know, this compared to SARS. Uh, this many cases and um this is what happened and this is how long it lasted and people making predictions of way hey, it's not gonna last till March, it's gonna last through April, it's gonna last through the summer. <laughs> and we we don't know, right? There's just so many questions out there and and I hope you're okay. I hope that you are are not panicked. I hope that you're not scrambling. Um but I hope that you're taking these questions to Jesus, uh, because he knows he's He's in control. And and God is is still good. And so these are are not easy days, but but they're not a surprise to God. In fact, that's really what I want to, to share with you. The message for today is actually called The Gift of Interruptions. The Gift of Interruptions. You say, ah, I don't know about that being a gift, an interruption being a gift. Well, but I, I want to just walk through a couple of situations and and see if I can share what I'm what I'm saying here um, there are different kinds of interruptions right some of them are small and some of them are are major uh, a few weeks ago our son Brady was uh, coming home from school and got on the lift the elevator and uh, there was another person on the elevator with him so they go up to the other person's floor and and the door opened and Brady said it was a little strange because normally the, you know, the lift is at the same level with the floor, but this time it was a little bit off. <laughs> so the other person got off and the door closed and then the elevator started to move and it didn't go anywhere. It just kind of stopped. And so Brady thought, oh no. Um, and he tried to open the door. The door wouldn't open. And so sure enough, he was stuck in the lift. He's stuck in the elevator. And so, obviously, there's the button to open and push and the call, and he had his phone with him. But he was alone in the elevator for about 10 minutes until the guys finally came, and they heard, he heard noises, and things were starting to move, and uh, finally they were able to, to help him get out of the lift. And so about 10 minutes of his life, uh, pretty major interruption, he was stuck in the lift. But, thankfully, he was okay. Got to go home. No, no big deal. And so some of the interruptions in our life are like that, where we we have something happen, and it's pretty wild. And you have some interesting thoughts go through your mind during those. Um, But then things go along as normal afterward, and there's no big deal. Uh, Let me tell you about another interruption. Uh, By the way, so today is February the 2nd, and for anyone who uh, likes American football, it's a huge day, because in just a few hours... The Super Bowl will take place. And so, um, again, I know sports illustrations are dangerous, and I try to not use very many of them, but it's Super Bowl day, so maybe you can uh, humor me a little bit. But about 20 years ago, there was a team named the uh, New England Patriots, and they had just finished their season in the the year 2000. Uh, They have 16 games in a regular season, and they had just finished. winning five games, losing 11, 5-11, a terrible record. And so this next year, they had signed a huge um, contract with a quarterback named Drew Bledsoe. And so they were excited to have this amazing guy, they, I think the, the best quarterback contract in history up to that point. Uh, they signed him. And then they also had a, a backup quarterback um, uh, who had been the, the backup to the backup to the backup in the year 2000, he had now earned his way up to be just the backup quarterback, and so uh, his name was Tom Brady. And so uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, they go in, they lose the first game, and in the uh, 2001 season, game number two, uh, they're into it, and, and then Drew Bledsoe at the end of the game gets hurt. And so the very last drive of the game, they put in their backup quarterback, Tom Brady. So Tom Brady goes in, and he finishes the game, and they lose, and, uh, and that's how Tom Brady was first introduced to becoming a starter for the New England Patriots. He started the next game, and they went on to win the Super Bowl in 2001. Unbelievable. Incredible. And now he's considered most likely the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. He was a backup. And all this happened through an interruption. The team was so upset because their star quarterback, the one they spent all the money on, got hurt. And now they had to use, use this no-name backup quarterback named Tom Brady. But look at what's happened as a result. Maybe the best quarterback of all time was the one who stepped in. And they've had six Super Bowls with him leading them. Some interruptions are massive. And the direction that they take us um, is something we would never imagine, would not have even come to mind without this interruption. And so I, I want us, as we think about all that's going on around us, to have a mindset that's different. Instead of being afraid, I want us to have hope. I want us to think optimistically, positively, hopefully. Uh, Romans 8.28 is an amazing verse that I want to share with us in, in this season. And So here's what Romans 8.28 says. And we know that for those who love God... All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. And so what does this mean? Well, I would say basically what this means is God has no plan B. God has no plan B. So whenever the Wuhan virus broke out, God didn't look over at Gabriel and say, oh no, now what are we going to do? He already knew about this. He already knew the the role that this situation would play in his big story. And he's at work. He is moving. He is doing things. Let me tell you about another interruption and see if this can be a little bit of an encouragement to you. Uh, There's a story of, of three guys who were expats working in another country and, uh, and they decided they decided you know, hey look we're together in this and even though we're away from our our home our normal environment our normal worship community we're going to stick together we're going to be faithful to god we're going to do our very best to serve him every way that we can we're going to be faithful so they were doing that they were re- really working hard at being faithful but the, the situation in that country changed, and the rules made it to where they were no longer allowed to just continue with their, with their belief of following God. And so they reached this point where they had to decide if they were going to compromise their faith and their relationship with God and follow the rules, or if they were going to break the rules, the new rules that the authorities put in place, and be faithful to God. And so they, they made a difficult decision, and they said, you know what, we're not going to follow the rules the new rules, we're going to be faithful to God. We're going to con- continue to follow him. And so the authorities saw this and they said, okay, the the punishment for what you've decided is uh, is death. It's capital punishment for what you've decided. And it's pretty brutal, actually. They said, this isn't just a normal one. We're going to burn you to death. We're going to burn you to death because of this decision. Do you want to change your mind? And they said, no, we're not going to change our mind. We're going to remain faithful to God. And so and so here's a picture, actually, of how that actually played out. And so parents don't worry. They said, this is rated G. You're okay. But here's a picture of how that played out. You see, the three expats were guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were working in a different country. The rules changed. They remained faithful and were willing to pay the price. But in the fire, in the the fire god shows up. Jesus we believe made a uh, early pre-incarnate appearance and he comes and he's in the fire with them and he rescues them. And so they come out and they don't even smell like smoke and it's a miracle. And so this miracle came out of this major huge interruption. They were trying to be faithful and yet they were punished But then God came in and did something amazing. Amazing. And so we have uh, a really, really bad day being thrown into a fiery furnace become a really amazing, miraculous day. And so this interruption was actually a gift. It was a gift. It's not what they expected. It's not what they would have hoped for. But it was better in the end because God did something that could not have happened otherwise. And when you look through the Bible, there are... Story after story after stories of these kinds of things happening, where an interruption allows God to show His power and and use us in ways that we wouldn't have anticipated or expected or planned or prepared for on our own. Let me give some more examples. Um, Moses he interrupted that princess. She went down to do the ritual bath in the river, and next thing you know, there's a baby floating nearby crying. And she says, okay, it's an interruption, I'll adopt the baby. And then the story of Moses uh, begins. That's a crazy interruption and an amazing story that follows that. Uh, Naaman, I I love the story of Naaman where he has leprosy, the Syrian officer has leprosy, and he goes down and he's uh, healed by dipping in the Jordan River seven times. That story begins with a girl being kidnapped. (laughs) That would be an interruption, wouldn't it? Your child is kidnapped? you are kidnapped, that would be a bad day. But that's where the story begins. This miracle comes out of this interruption. The story of Gideon. Remember this guy who led the people and uh, an amazing defeat of the, all the armies that came against Israel. They had the, the pitchers and the torches and they, they uh, had this amazing experience and God confuses them and a great victory. Gideon's story begins with an interruption. He's just trying to do his farming work And then an angel shows up and says, hey, i got something different for you. An interruption that leads to a miracle. Uh, Paul, he was religious and he was zealous. He was trying to do his very, very best. An angel shows up, blinds him on the road. God speaks to him uh, with a blinding light on, on the road to Damascus. And he interrupted him and had a different path for him. Again, over and over. Remember Mary and Joseph? Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Christmas, the birth of Jesus, that was an incredible interruption to their world. And then when you look at the life of Jesus, if you watch him over and over again, he's walking down the road and somebody yells at him or somebody says, hey, come over here. And so while he's on his path, he's interrupted and he goes and does something different. And we have these amazing miracles. These are great these great stories that happen. And so could it be that in our situation, God is doing something similar? Could it be that this interruption is something more than just something that bogs us down and and messes up our plans see i think there's two approaches we can have with this interruption and and there's two stories i want to tell that show how we can how we can take this one is a guy named rich young ruler in scripture in luke chapter eighteen it talks about this guy and, and it says that he comes to jesus and he says hey Tell me what I need to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus says, here here are the rules, the laws. The guy says, I've done that. So Jesus says, okay, there's just one thing you're missing. Um, Sell everything you have. Sell all of it and come follow me. You see, this was a chance for Jesus to have 13 disciples right there. But this guy looks at the interruption that it would be to sell everything and follow Jesus. And he says, that's too big of an interruption. I can't do it. And so he walks away and he says no to the path Jesus offers him. That's one option. Here's the second option. Uh, A guy named Joseph. Imagine that day. He wakes up in his own village, his own community with his family. His dad sends him on an errand. And when he lays down to go to sleep that night, he's chained to a wagon on the road to Egypt as a slave. That's a big interruption. Nobody saw that coming. When he got up that morning, he didn't think, "Tonight I'm going to go to bed as a slave on the way to Egypt." <laughs> no, that's a really really bad day that Joseph's experiencing. And so how does he handle that? Well, you know, we read later in scripture, he was broken-hearted. He was crying to his brothers, "Please don't do this." But they did anyway. And so he's broken-hearted, he's sad, and yet he He stays faithful to who God has called him to be, to his identity. And it says in in Genesis 39 that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And so God had a plan. And even though bad things were happening, others were doing bad things to him, God was working for good. God was working for good. We come back to Romans 8.28. He works all things for good for those who love him, those who are called. And so when we think about this virus outbreak, this Wuhan virus outbreak, it's not good. And I'm not saying it's good, okay? Uh, It's spreading fast. Lots of people are infected, more than SARS. And people are losing their lives. People are dying. And this is sad. This is tragic. It's so disruptive. Schools are closed, obviously. Parks are closed. The post office is closed. Businesses... disrupted and people are losing their jobs. Wow, this is very, very difficult. But God is working for good. And we have to believe that. And so we, we have the choice, just like the rich young ruler or Joseph. What are we going to do? Now, I want to clarify something about these two guys. Okay, so Joseph had something bad happen to him. And it wasn't clear that God was at work for him. okay? And yet he stayed faithful anyway. For the rich young ruler, it was Jesus himself who was saying, I've got something more for you. Come with me. So the rich young ruler had even more opportunity because it was Jesus himself. And so, wow, he still says no. And what about us? What are we going to do? Again, we don't know what's happening, but what if we could hear God saying, here's what I want you to do. Here's here's an option. Here's an opportunity. And that's really what I want to come back to, is just to say, hey, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. And yes, bad things are happening. Yes, it is difficult. It will be difficult. It will be different. It's an interruption. But this is is an opportunity you have a choice of choosing your perspective are you going to be a victim or a victor in all of this don't be a victim be a victor have you ever had that uh that thought man i wish the world would just stop for a week and i could get caught up on all my stuff (laughs) i know i have that thought at times and maybe for you, that's not what's happening here. Maybe things are getting harder. I, I don't know. But it could be that this is an unusual pause that creates a little bit of margin for you. And, and maybe, I mean, I don't know what God is saying, what, what the opportunity is. But there, there's an opportunity in these days. And I hope we don't miss it. I hope we don't wish it away. So here's, here's the question we want to be asking God. Lord. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What is your path for me? What are you doing here? What is your path? In these days, let's be asking God, Lord, what Okay. What now? What now? You've got our attention. What now? You know, there's a there's a question or a phrase I think that we'll make after this, and it goes a little bit like this: If not for blank, I would never have blank. Okay? For Joseph, it was like this: If if it, if not for being sold as a slave, I would never have been the prince of Egypt. That's how it was for Joseph. For you and me, right now, if not for the Wuhan virus, I would never have blank, and we'll look back in ten years. And see what happens in this time, I believe, and see, okay, that's what God was doing. That was the opportunity. That was that was his plan. That was the work that was going on. And we were listening and we were active and we were obedient and we jumped on it. We were a victor and not a victim. I would hate for us to look back and say, Man, I wish I had in that season. So what about you? What's it going to be for you in this season? How will you make the most, You know, as a church, about a year and a half ago, we were talking about the unique place we're in here in Hong Kong. And so as we were talking about the future, you know, 20, 30 years out, um, and then where we are now, we said, hey, look, we, we need to focus on two areas as a church. We need to focus on Sundays and small groups or life groups. We want to focus on these two areas. Why? Well, we want to focus on Sundays because... With the freedoms that we enjoy, we're able to gather and we're able to worship God corporately. And it's incredible. We want to make the most of those opportunities. And so, you know, we've been working to try to make things better and better every Sunday as as best we can. And then we've also been trying to improve our small groups. And why? Well, we said, you know, there may be a day, there may be a day when we will not be able to meet on Sundays. And we want to be able to continue to have church in those small groups. Many places in the world have church just like that. They're just small groups in homes. And so we want to be able to build in the, the strength of small groups. We want to build in exercising that, uh, that skill of meeting together and loving each other, building relationships, encouraging, learning from scripture, helping people come to know Jesus, inviting people into service opportunities. All these things that happen in small groups, in life groups. And so we said, these are our main two focuses. And lo and behold, here we are, and we aren't able to meet together. And maybe next week we'll be able to, but at least this week we're not. And so this is a great chance for us to see, hey, how do these small groups work? So many people are overseas right now. Many of you are uh, visiting family. Uh, you're in a different environment. You've, you've flown, or maybe you will fly in the next couple of days and go somewhere else. And so obviously the normal life group setup isn't an option, but uh, maybe there'll be people in your new context, that you can meet with and, and spend time with, and being encouraged and encouraging them. So, so, where are you going? What are you doing? But more importantly, what is God doing in this time? Will you seek Him? Will you ask Him, Lord, what do you want? What, what is happening? I want to spend just a few minutes now in prayer, just seeking God and asking for His guidance as we make the most of this. Season this time that He's put in our laps. This interruption that I believe He can make into an amazing opportunity where He works good. Will you just pray with me for a minute, and I'll give you a couple of things to uh, to guide you as you pray and seek God for His heart in this season? Let me start us, Father. I thank You that You are not surprised. That you are in complete control. And so I pray that all of us right now can just apply Psalm 46.10 to be still and know that you are God. You will be exalted among the nations. You will be exalted in the earth. So Lord, we quiet our hearts and we look to you. Now, if you would take just a moment and pray about the Wuhan virus, pray for the people in Hubei province, uh, pray for the Wuhan, the city of Wuhan, their leadership, for the medical teams, work um, for the, for all the authorities making decisions. Please pray uh, for those who've been in, uh, affected outside of that area as well. We for God to work a miracle and to, uh, to set this on a different course and so it won't be devastating. Uh, but again, it can be ended in an unusual way. So let's just lift up the situation with the Wuhan virus. And now I want to invite you just to pray about your situation. Um, We were talking the other day, okay, do we need to think about the kids in a different situation? Is there a safety concern? All these different things that all of us are asking. (laughs) And so just pray about those things to God right now. Just lift them up to Him. now i want to ask you to pray for god to show you the path that he has for you during this time and so instead of being afraid and panicking you can walk in hope you can walk in confidence you can walk in peace so i don't know what the holy spirit is saying to you of what he wants to do during this time but i just want to pray ask you to pray that god will give you the courage to follow his lead so just pray right now for God to give you peace and courage about His plan in this time. And Father, as we as we come to the end of this uh, unique experience. I pray that you'll ignite a fire in our hearts to see what you are doing and not run away and hide, but run forward and engage. I pray that you'll help us to not live in fear, but live in hope, to not be victims, but to be victors. I pray that we'll look back in five, ten years and say, yes, yes, Look what God did in that strange, difficult time. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray that we can think outside the box of our normal. I pray we can figure out, are there practical ways to help these people who are in such a difficult situation with this virus? Are there people around us who are afraid that we can love on in a unique and special way? Are there people in our small group who need a touch Are there things that need to be cared for while people are away? Lord, all these things help us by your spirit to know the path. I pray that you'll just help us to be creative. Lord, that you will give us ideas that we would never come up with on our own. And courage to take the steps that you lay before us. So whether it's conversations or acts of physical service, Lord, help us by your spirit to know your path and follow in courage we thank you for this opportunity and for your goodness in all of it we pray this in the strong name of jesus amen well thank you so much for joining today for this this unique time where we've had a chance to to gather and look at how good god is i'm praying for you and look forward to being able to be in touch as god allows God bless you wherever you may be. Please continue to seek after him with all your heart.